Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about Borderlands 3 and some of the balance problems I've kind of seen in the game, both reported in blogs, videos, as well as my own experience. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. There's a link below to twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Click that link, come in and hang out with us. We usually have really great discussions. And if you're here live right now, click follow. If you like the interactive podcast, hit and like and subscribe on YouTube helps me out as well. Now, why am I making a video about balancing problems? If you watch my first impressions of Borderlands 3 video, it was mostly positive, but there were some issues that I felt were really harming those first playthrough experiences, and I'm seeing more of that now the further I get in the game. My Zane is a 22, my Flak is a level 30. I've gotten a decent chunk of the game done, both co-op with my wife, my Zane character is who I play on with her, and then I play on uh, Flak by myself. And I have unearthed some things that I think need addressed I want to break it into three sections like I always do. So firstly, I just want to talk about the scaling in playthrough one, because the more I've looked at it and talked about it, we actually came up with a really good idea and something that I I feel that Borderlands could do like right away. Um, uh, Right away, I think they could add this and this would make the first playthrough better. Uh, And then secondly, skill trees. I want to talk about skill trees. There's some imbalances there. And then lastly, the guns. And when I get to skill trees and guns, I'm going to have a lot of positive things to say, but I am looking for updates and tweaks. This is not me just complaining about the game. This is me hoping to put some information out there and some advice out there to maybe see Gearbox make some changes that would be more quality of life. I know optimization needs to be priority one. The optimization, the glitches, the bugs, the lost save files, the lost loot in the vaults, all that stuff needs addressed immediately, but... I'm focusing on things that are, are more of like a long-term quality of life value add that I want to get out and kind of get out the community, you know, the, the conversation started in a community. So first and foremost, <clears throat> the scaling in playthrough one is all over the place and it's very frustrating. It's one of my biggest frustrations with the game, mainly because I like making extra characters. I like playing through the game multiple times and I think the most charming aspects of Borderlands are when you're playing through that first time, every green, every blue has the potential to be fun and exciting and new and to throw it into your loadout and you're consistently over-leveled or some people are under-leveled being under-leveled is actually a little bit better if the loot is dropping above you, you can at least scour over it, find good stuff and save it for later, my problem has been the exact opposite, I'm consistently over-leveled and I end up with you know missions and side quests that at this point what I'm actually doing is a significant portion of the game is just better off being skipped on your first playthrough. If the main mission is 20 and you are 20, just stick to the main mission. You should only be using side quests and side missions to level up if you fall behind the pacing of the main the main quests. The side missions are a waste of your time. If I'm 20 and I'm grabbing 18 and 17 and sometimes 16 level quests, the items and enemies in those quests are a waste of my time. Almost no XP once they're that far behind you, and the loot that drops is automatically weaker. People are like, oh, it's viable, it's viable. Right, getting loot at my level, I don't think is a, is a, is an incorrect request or a wrong request. I also think they literally built the end game to be that way. There's a reason that you can turn on True Vault Hunter mode and go into mayhem and get everything at your level. There's a reason that's there because they know that's something that people value. They know they value it because they said that the co-op scaling was supposed to work that way as well. If you're level 20, your buddy's level 10, he joins you, he gets his stuff at 10, you get your stuff at 20, and you're able to play through the game together, getting loot at your level. Getting loot at your level is something that they both championed in their in their previews and their streams, as well as in their, their, their features with you know the co-op scaling, and they add it 
to mayhem because they know that's what people want. And I think this is the easiest solution. The solution is right there in front of them, and here it is. For playthrough one, you should be able to select a hard mode that scales everything to you. The side quests, the missions, the enemies are always scaled to you. The the main quest could still be out of your reach sometimes, or certain areas could still be set to be out of your reach, but if you grab a side quest or you go back to old areas, they should scale to you. It's already in the game. You pick easy, you pick normal, Add a hard mode. If I pick hard mode, I know what I'm signing up for. I think that would be significantly better. Somebody citing in chat that that's how it was in Borderlands 2, that doesn't make it good. It was incredibly stupid and frustrating to be an exhaustive player, to do everything in Borderlands 2, and get a Flame of the Firehawk five levels behind me. It was extremely frustrating. It makes you feel like you're almost you're almost de-incentivized from engaging in the game in an exhaustive way, and I think that is silly. Those first playthroughs are fun. There's so many side quests. There's so many areas to go. There's so many things to explore. You can get all those ra- little radio towers from that that guy. I always forget his name. The first Vault Hunter. And you get his special chests. You can get all those things. You can do the things for Moxie. You can do the things for Claptrap in an exhaustive way and feel like it's all worth your time. Put it on hard. They, and here's why they can do this. It's already in the game. That's the way Mayhem works. It sets everything at your level. So that way, everything that's dropping, everything you're doing is pertinent to you and worth doing. I would love to play through an Amara and a Moe's and a... uh, Who's the other one I haven't done yet? Yeah, Amara and Moe's. I would love to play through the game as Amara and Moe's and turn that on to have everything at my level. That includes side quests. And the reason that's so important is the other day I was on a mission and a legendary dropped and it was so exciting and I walked over to it and it was three levels behind me. And I know what people are going to say. Well, it's still good. It's still a legendary. It can still work for a while. Yes, but the life of that legendary in my experience is extended to its appropriate amount of time if it drops at my level instead of behind my level. Let's move on. I don't want to beat this dead horse. I think the scaling is a huge, huge problem and it's a huge frustration and quit telling me to just blitz through playthrough one and jump into the end game. That is a complete and utter mistreatment of everything they built. All the side quests, all the dialogue, all the audio, all the enemies, all the guns. Stop mistreating your game. Like, that is such a mistreatment of such a great... It's a great game! It's so good! <laughs> and that's why they should do this. I should enjoy those slow playthroughs. Skill trees. Let's talk about skill trees. Uh... It's already pretty obvious, even at level 22 and level 30, not all skill trees are created equal. There are a handful that just feel incredibly uh, stand out. Uh, the best example I could give is Flak. I don't have a ton of experience with the others, but I already am hearing that like Moe's is terrible late game. She gets obliterated. Uh, it sounds kind of similar to criticisms of Axton. Axton in Borderlands 2 got late game, and he, you know, his super would get obliterated. The tourists would just get, you know, to kind of d- dissembled uh, very, very quickly. Uh, my best example is Flak. As soon as you start running Flak and you use the cloak with, that buffs the crits, it's the green skill tree. As soon as you start specking into the skill tree that's green, you start to see his other skill trees are just no, nowhere near as good. Now, the blue one's pretty good. It's got some really strong stuff on it, and I know there's some decent builds with Rack, but I'm even seeing some tweets from other players saying when you get into the late game, the green skill tree is just completely outshining the other two. Now, the reason this is a bummer is because they did something incredibly cool with Borderlands 3, and I praised this whenever we saw all the skill trees leak. They did something somewhat un- unprecedented, okay? Um, they gave an action skill to every 
single skill tree, okay? They gave an action skill to every single skill tree, and that's awesome. But they need to make sure that every single one of those action skills and skill trees is worth it and strong in the late game. People in chat are saying, I heard Baru has a really strong Moe's late game. I've heard Moe's is OP. Moe's is really strong. The tweets that I were seeing, I'm simply quoting here, were simply saying that her ultimate, her action skill, sorry, her action skill was too weak and needed to buff. I'm not necessarily saying Moe's is weak late game. It maybe was just her action skill. And again, this doesn't mean they need to completely buff Moe's or she's trash. They need to look at her and make sure she's good. And if you go to the mech, okay, and the only way to run Moe's is one way late game, I think that's a problem as well. I think if you have three action skills, you got three you know, three trees, all trees should be viable late game if built properly with the right idea and the right strategy. And it feels like right now there's a couple builds for each that just stand out as being way better than the rest. And the problem with that is that kind of undercuts their whole, oh man, there's so many different skill trees and so many different action skills now. There's all this different viability. I would love to see them address some of that. And I think some of the people that have forged ahead into the late game could help drive that conversation and say, here are the ones that are standout and really, really strong. And here are the ones that are kind of lagging behind and aren't quite uh, as strong. Um, and I think that is something that needs to be looked at. It's kind of like when you got into the late game of Borderlands 2. The unkept Herald was basically the only weapon worth using. It's kind of feeling like it's becoming that way with the skill trees. You get in the late game and there's like one skill tree that is far and away better than the rest. You could play late game Borderlands 2 with other weapons, but the unkept Herald was like, why bother? Just run this. Skill trees are kind of starting to feel the same way. Why bother? Just use this. I'm not saying they're weak or trash. I'm just saying they should look at some of the less represented ones or maybe the ones that aren't quite as strong. I don't want to nerf the really strong ones. Maybe make the ones that aren't as strong stronger. Lastly, let's talk about guns. Another thing that they just knocked out of the park in Borderlands 3 was diversity of weapons. Doll weapons feel way better than they ever did in Borderlands 2. Uh, Jacob's weapons probably feel the strongest. Uh, And then there are some that just don't feel like they really get the job done. There are some weapons and weapon types that feel like they're just trash. And unfortunately, Malawan feels like they're really lagging behind. I think Malawan needs looked at. A couple of the archetypes, the charge shotguns, the SMGs, uh, the SMGs that do like the Ghostbuster beam. Some of those feel like they may need looked at. Now, maybe I was just using, maybe I had ones that weren't very good, or maybe I'm just a bad player. But whenever I get my hands on a Jacobs, I feel like the Jacobs weapons are just running away with damage output. They're, I just They always feel stronger. They always feel better. And I don't know if that's just me being sort of selective, and maybe that's just confirmation bias, because I like them. I like the way they handle they feel good they sound good I'm also running a build that's based off of crits so maybe that's why they feel so good but I do feel like right now Jacobs are just running away they always feel better they always feel stronger and I would love to see that addressed I will say compared to Borderlands 2 I'm using way more diverse weapons I'm using dolls I'm using Atlas weapons uh, Vladoffs the Children of the Vault weapons I feel like oh yeah I'm using a lot of variety they're all viable they're all strong but it does feel like they need to look at the, the, the archetypes and the weapon types at large and maybe buff some of the weaker ones and maybe look at, like, why are Jacobs feeling so strong? Again, it could be my imagination. It could just be, again, confirmation bias and maybe it just syncs up with my skill tree that I'm using a little a little too well. And I, that, that maybe is shading my feedback, but Jacobs feel like the strongest at the current time. So I would love to see some of the weapons looked at because again you want those different firing types and manufacturer types given the ability to shine in the same way 
that the skill trees are being given an opportunity to shine by tweaking them because I was glad to see them say radiation's no longer a debuff because that would basically mean you'd always need radiation in the late game the same way you always wanted skag in the late game of BL2 they did away with that now maybe turn some of those dials and knobs to make sure all skill trees have a chance in the end game for different builds since there's so many cool ones as well as the weapons overall my main issue is the, the, the scaling on the loot, but there are some other issues that are making some of the get guns and skill trees kind of rise to the top and others to be ignored. As always, uh, we're going to follow us with a Q&A session. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about Borderlands 3, the balance problems. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, there's a link below. Uh, you can come in and watch live. I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. So click that link below. Come hang out. These Q&A sessions will be a little bit shorter. I'm probably going to keep this one to about uh, 15 to 20 minutes. I am wanting to jump in and play uh, Borderlands. And I don't want these to drag out too long uh, because we're just we're really just trying to create the content, start the conversation. But the, the Q&A sessions don't need to be forced long the way we do with Destiny. So we're going to go through these questions a little quick, quicker than normal just to kind of keep the conversation going. First question from Sharon. What are your thoughts on this game versus Destiny? Obviously, very broad question, but that's okay. I actually think these games can coexist very well. They can both do seasonal content and free content. Borderlands is definitely not a game-as-service game like Destiny. It doesn't kind of exist in a world the way that you know Destiny does. But Borderlands can still add things and give us new things to chase and new things to do. If the end game can keep scaling with Mayhem, they've got a lot of promise with the Proving Grounds and with Mayhem and with... They did that with the Digistruct Peak. You know, they had the OP8 levels. OP8 I'm sorry, OP 1 through 8, and then they could maybe do something similar with that. I always look forward to their seasonal content. I think it's fun. It gives you something to do, kind of gets you in the spirit of Halloween or Christmas or whatever. Uh, And then there's obviously the planned DLCs. They have no planned DLC characters. I think that's unfortunate. I would hope that by the time the first DLC lands or even the season things lands, we can have two patches. Number one, an optimization patch needs to hit, and number two, a quality of life patch to maybe even address some of the things I brought up. But compared to Destiny, they're just very different as far as the loot incentivization, the time put in. I don't feel as driven to play this game the way that I play Destiny just because it's more of a linear style game with a story and then you replay the story and then you're grinding. It's just, it's not quite um, my, my sentimentalities have changed. Like Borderlands 2 got me into streaming. Uh, it got me into Destiny but it's it just, I don't experience Borderlands the way that I originally did with Borderlands 1 and 2 in the pre-sequel, I wasn't streaming. I was playing with my buddies, and I think that's where those games tend to shine. As a streaming game, I think there's a lot of potential content we could make with this game and crank out. Uh, but for the time being, I think that uh, it can coexist with Destiny in a way that I played a little bit more casually than maybe I was originally planning to. Lucifer, Borderlands 3 didn't hold my attention quite like the previous games did. I'm on my second playthrough, and I'm just waiting for Shadowkeep to come up. I mean, this is a this is kind of a well-timed question after what I just said. I mean, I, I, I think some of this, some of what I'm saying is maybe a mutual feeling. And I don't know what, what, what the reasoning is there. I, here's, if I had to theorize, I don't think it's anything that's wrong with the game or like, I don't think Gearbox made any mistakes. I think, I think Destiny players especially really struggle with games because of the, the amount of time we can put in really, really 
shortens the life of a game's solvency and potency for us because you can you can put in so much time you're used to destiny you're used to putting in long play sessions uh and when that happens you know when that when that happens i think what what you're doing isn't necessarily you're playing the game in a wrong way but you're getting to the shelf life quicker than others is kind of how i want to phrase it when you can get to that shelf life faster than others the, the, the staying power of the game just isn't going to last as as long. I also think there is something that happens to Destiny players whenever they encounter a game like Borderlands. If you try and play it like Destiny, it isn't necessarily built for that. So, especially once you get max level. So what happens in Destiny is you hit max level and there's all these various things you can do and run and grind for. And in Borderlands, that's definitely there. But you're also considering maybe making other characters. And so the, the, the staying power and the appeal in Borderlands, I think, is in the replayability and the extra characters. That's why I have really zeroed in on the pacing issues. I think if every playthrough of all four characters had that hard mode that you could turn on where everything's paced to your level and you're always getting loot that's dope and when a legendary drops, you're excited because it's at your level or whatever, purple. I, I honestly feel like you you would enjoy the game more. I worry that a lot of people, Destiny players especially, just blitz through the campaign and all the charm and all the all the love that was poured into this game just gets completely overrun and, and ignored, unfortunately. I think the pacing issues are really playing a part in that. Because a Borderlands, like... A Destiny player's play habits... I mean, just watch the Destiny streamers that have no life this game from the beginning. They're they're already falling off. They're already moving on to other things because it's just like it. They just they got through it so fast, and I think that is an enormous bummer. This game's charm is in its characters. It's in the the loot, the classes, all the little funny parts, and all the loot when it drops. And they basically the people that are end game grinding now they blitz through four playthroughs instead of enjoying them, and now they're just running that loot cycle so fast, and it was so rewarding. That they've already they've already nerfed they've already nerfed drop rates in some of that stuff. It's I don't know. It's a bummer because I wonder if your experience would have been different had the first playthroughs been paced properly. Uh, Eric, Beer, Eric Barrick, uh, Eric B. Eric, <laughs> melee uh, should it be balanced uh, or some offbeat build that's not meant to be a main build? I think you're probably trying to ask about Amara's melee. I don't really know what you're getting at. I don't want them to nerf anything. Okay. I do not want them to reach into the game and say this is too strong, this needs nerfed. My my point in my video was that some of the builds are just running away from other builds. Amara's melee, Flax crit one, Flax green tree crit one are just crazy strong, and I don't want them nerfed. You got to raise some of the others. So, bonus rooster junior lono how do you feel about the nerfs in the game specifically obviously the other characters and skill trees should be nerfed but do you think they actually need to nerf uh the crazy power is what borderlands has built themselves on i did not call for any nerfs in my video at all um i don't want them to reach in and say oh this build's too strong we have to tone it down now if there are things that are broken and not functioning properly like the way like you could shoot you could one shot uh the bunker with boar and bl2 well they never mess with that because it was one boss and there was like a sweet spot you had to aim for and it was like oh well okay now if if 
if Zero would have been able to do that to every single boss, hit the crit and get a boar glitch to one-shot the boss, well, then they would have patched that, right? Um, they would have patched that. They would have said, no, that's absurd. You can't do that to every single boss. So, I don't necessarily know if they need to go in and, like, nerf stuff. I meant buffs with the first nerfs. So you meant to say, obviously the other characters and skill trees need to be buffed, but do you think they actually need to nerf these? Right, 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 right. Okay, that's fine. I'm getting the gist of your question. I would say, this is what I always try to say. As long as it's not broken, okay? If it's broken and it's invalidating content, then you have to look at it. There was a grenade, I think, that they were looking at because it was like it was just invalidating the content. I think it was the pipe bomb, right? People in chat are saying pipe bomb. If it's invalidating the content, it needs addressed because it's probably broken, right? So the first qualifier I always say is if it's not broken, let's just say this is the ceiling then. So let's just say that Flax green build i'm sorry i had some subs come in during the talk and i missed them huge jack 3d man i hope you're still here i didn't shout you out because i was doing my talk but i do shout these out during q a and a brand new prime sub from eric palmer guys welcome thank you for subbing enjoy the dope we got really great borderlands emotes and you get ad free viewing when you're here as a sub thank you for those subs thank you for using your twitch prime sub especially because if you guys have those and use those here you get ad free viewing when you're here so i would say if it's not broken then just call it a ceiling Let's just say Flax green skill tree is like the ceiling of Flax performance. Then raise the blue and the orange skill trees to be as strong if possible. You know? Raise them. If they're falling behind. You never want to say, oh, this nail's too high. Boom, boom, boom. Pound that down. Like, unless it's broken. Unless it's broken. So if you can raise those others to be a little bit better, if they're finding like, well, somebody in chat is saying the blue tree is too pet dependent. Well, they might say, you know what? If you run the blue skill tree, then we're going to we're going to buff the skag's health pool or something. Um, and then the flak one. People were saying that the flak had some really really strong builds, but again, I think when people are getting into the end game, the the green tree is still just blazing past the others. And again, that's always going to be my contention. If, if it's not broken, then I would call it the ceiling, raise the others to match it in the in, in, in any way you can kind of come up with. Amara's melee build. Paul Tassi was like, I'm, 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 I'm two-tapping bosses. I'm two-tapping bosses. I'm punching them twice and they're dead. Okay? Well, if he's, if, if he's representing it accurately, then that might need addressed. And if it does need addressed, then does that mean does that need addressed in a way of like a nerf Do they need to tone down like one thing um so i would say they need to be really really careful with nerfs i would lean on buffing the others uh lucifer sorry i missed the question in there the loot drops don't seem to incentivize enough in this game if you play it like it was probably designed to be your experience seems to match this solo player here by the way what are your thoughts about this you're saying the loot drops don't incentivize enough right so Imagine whenever I come back to Sanctuary, I come back to Sanctuary and I'm level 20 and there's four of those exclamation points on the the, the side of the wall over there. I'm 20 and I go check them all out. There's a 13, a 16, a 17, and an 18. Those don't interest me at all. The little pictures in the bosses look cool, but they don't interest me. When I went through the city that leads to Kilovolt, there were three 
there were three side missions. There was the finding the 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 three radio stations to get what's his face's um, hidden loot stash, the little T symbol. I always forget his freaking name. And I didn't do any of that. Why? I was 17. Everything in the area was 14. I'm like, this is all freaking worthless. I'm not going to do all this for level 14 gear. Why? Because you just sell it. You just sell it. I'm not going to go kill a bunch of ads and then go kill a boss and do side quests to get loot that I just shove into a, 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 a vending machine. And here's another reason why. Do you want to know what happened when I got the kilovolt? I had so much loot, I'm throwing loot on the ground anyway. So what's the difference? I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting so much loot that I'm going to end up at a vending machine and I'm going to sell it all. And I'm, I'm, I'm bursting at the seams with loot. So the only reason you're going to get me to go do those side quests is if the loot's at my level. The incentivization just breaks down. It just breaks down. It's like, I, I'm literally getting to bosses and having to like turn to the side and like throw gray and green gear on the floor and then turn back to the loot pile and pick everything up. That means I don't have a problem with money. I don't have a problem with getting loot to sell. That's not a get, that's not a pain point in the game. So if all you can offer me is a bunch of side quests and enemies and areas that are going to do nothing but feed me loot that just ends up getting sold, I'm not going to do it. And Paul Tassie was like, no, it's fun. Do it. It's worth it. The stories, the dialogue, blah, blah, blah. And my pushback to Paul was... I can do that in my second playthrough. I can enjoy the dialogue, the jokes, those unique boss fights, those funny moments, and I'll get loot at my level. Like, we need a hard difficulty on your first playthrough. I would even say once you get to Sanctuary, once you get to Sanctuary, it should say something like, the way this game is set up, if you just play through it on normal, there will be times where missions are not at your level, so you'll be getting loot that's, that's lower than your level that you probably end up selling. That's how the game is designed to be played through the first time. If you would like to ratchet up the difficulty to hard, it'll be a more challenging experience, but you'll constantly be getting loot at your level. I would be totally fine with that. Because it's like, well, I just, yeah, turn on hard, man. I'm an experienced player. And I think a lot of casuals would be like, no, it's fine. Don't turn up the difficulty. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Leave me alone. <laughs> I think giving people the option would have been perfect. Because I would have, heck yeah, give me hard. My wife and I just left Pandora getting level 6 and 7 gear, and now we're in Promethean. It's level 12. What the frick? No, yeah, make it scale. You would have gotten a taste for what it was like, not perfectly scaled, and then they would give you the choice between the two. And that's already in the game anyway. I'm not asking them to do anything that's not already in the game. Evil the Waffler. I might be playing the end game wrong, but I seem to be dying a lot in the end game a lot in my weapons because I kill the ads fast, but I don't see any way to buff my health or shields. Do you have any helpful thoughts on surviving the end game? I don't know where you're playing. I don't know what you're using. I don't know who you're playing with. What I would do is if I were you, I would look up good builds for the character you're on because it makes a huge difference. When I switched off of Rax to the Skag, and I was doing like the rift that was healing me. That made an enormous difference. And then I switched to the green skill tree on Flak, and I'm like running through the game like it's nothing. Um, your build and the guns that then complement said build make an enormous difference. A humongous difference. If you're playing a Zane, there are some really, really strong Zane builds. I would look them up. I can't give you advice. I'm only 22 on Zane. Ashen Hollow. 
I saw your uh, complaint on the first playthrough, not scaling rewards. Should enemy and weapon scaling just be on right when you boot up? Yeah, I kind of just answered this. I think when you get to Sanctuary is the perfect time to ask the player, hey, you just experienced the first area, and and you were getting loot that was under your level because not everything scales. There are areas and missions that are set, okay? That's the normal experience of Borderlands Playthrough 1. If you would like to turn on hard mode now, you can, and every side quest and enemy and area will scale to you. Which would you prefer? And I think people like me would say, give me hard, I want loot at my level all the frickin' time. And then other people would be like, no, I'm good, I don't want it to be any harder, I'm liking it, give me normal. You know? And then if they're a real big wuss, they could be like, give me easy, that was actually challenging. (laughs) That was actually challenging. (laughs) Give me easy. You know? That's exactly what I would do. That's exactly what I would do. No, Ashton, that's fine. You submitted the question a long time ago before I gave that answer. Sometimes one question goes right into another with my answer. There's nothing you can do about that. So, yeah, game journalist difficulty. Yeah, yeah. If you're a game journalist and you need to beat the game in, in, in five hours, you can write a review. We have the game journalist difficulty where everyone says you're a good boy and doing a good job. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Paul Tassie's on my podcast. I don't have anything against game journalists. <laughs> oh, that, it's tongue-in-cheek, obviously. Um, St- Stinio says, has anyone figured out the connection problem on Xbox One where you can't connect to your friends? Only thing I could tell you right here is whenever a game struggles for you to connect with your friends, it's a NAT type issue, and there's ways that you can change settings and do things to make sure your NAT type is open. So I would make sure everybody's NAT type open. Make sure you don't have any weird privacy settings. Other than that, I don't have an answer for you. I've not heard about that. Easy E. If you start on hard mode, then what does True Vault Hunter have if... They also have the mayhem levels now. It seems like they were trying to offer what they've offered before and then adding new things to make it seem even more fresher. Well, here's the thing. Hard mode through playthrough one would ensure that I end playthrough one, I don't know, high 30s, low 40s, and then I go into true Vault Hunter mode and then you start to up it. Like as CJ Bulldogs is saying, you get more anointed drops. You also have mayhem one, two, and three, that increase difficulty, increases the anointed. You're, 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 you're playing harder content and getting more rewards for it. So if you end playthrough one, anywhere from high 30s to high 40s, you're almost done with you know hitting max level at 50. Then you go into true Vault Hunter mode, polish yourself off, off the way off to 50, get yourself where you like it, and then start ratcheting up the mayhem to get more anointed, to get better drops. That, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, what... Hear me out. If I'm getting loot at my level in playthrough one, that holds no bearing on playthrough two or mayhem, and here's why. If I got a bunch of loot at, you know, 25, and it was all at my level, do you want to know what that 25 gear is doing once I'm level 50? It's not doing anything. It's gone. I've sold it. Don't you see? You, you, <laughs> you turn the game into what it's meant to be. You're, 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 you're killing and looting. You're killing and looting. And then, no matter what kind of player you are, whether you're exhaustively going through every map and every side mission and every nook and cranny, everything's relevant to you. And if you're not doing that, everything's relevant to you. So, this is why, when they promoted their co-op loot scaling, I went nuts. I was like, that is exactly how it should work. That's always how these games should work. It's brilliant. They actually are, in some respects, they're pioneering what Division should have done and others. If you come into my game and you're 10 levels above me, you don't one-shot everything. 
but you also don't raise their level to make it impossible for me. You know, like they they actually did it right. They just Here's what they did. They said, here's a value point that Borderlands fans would like. They would like loot to drop at their level. They want things to be relevant to them, okay? So th- we'll just we'll just put this value point over here. This is my hand, and it's a stamp, okay? We're going to call this loot scaling value point. It's a stamp, and they stamped that on the end game in Mayhem 1, 2, and 3 in true Vault Hunter mode, and they stamped it on co-op. They said, stuff's going to scale to your level. But the stamp didn't quite hit quite right on co-op, and it didn't make its way to play through one. They just kind of didn't extend the value point into the right, into all the areas of the game. So you end up with a game that feels like incredibly lopsided. Everyone's just just flying through playthrough one to get to playthrough two and three. And listen, (laughs) what's the point in playthrough one if you're going to tell me just play it really fast to get to playthrough two? Well, then why not just start me a playthrough two? Like, what the frick? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you completely... (laughs) you. It invalidates playthrough one. It's like, what's the point of it? If the point is to play it as fast as possible or to play or to have it peppered and riddled with loot and missions that that are not at my level, what's the point of it? Yeah, you really just got to fly through it to get to play through two. Yeah, I have a question. Can I just sort of play through two then? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, we always said that about Destiny, didn't we? You hated playing through the campaign again on your second and third character. Why? Because it doesn't do anything for you. You're like dragging yourself through it, going through it as fast as possible. That's different in Borderlands because in Borderlands, the loot is dropping everywhere. The skill trees are leveling up. You're getting different things. You're experimenting with the character. And I know you're doing that in Destiny, but like with Destiny, it's like, can't you just drop me off at the tower max level and I can just start grinding for loot? I don't need to run through. I don't need to run through the campaign again. We always said that about uh, about uh, Destiny One, and in and in Borderlands, it's the same deal. It's like if I'm gonna run through the campaign potentially a minimum of four times, if I like not even a minimum, probably eight times, two through character. Okay, if fifty percent of those run throughs are you literally blitzing the frick out of it and not giving two flying fricks about anything that's dropping because you're just going as fast as you possibly can, I'm like. Why did Bo- why would Gearbox take all the time to create side quests, funny lines, cool areas, cool fights? There's all those things that Hammerlock. They were really smart about this. Like Hammerlock has the cool challenges that pop up. So you got the claptrap things to do. You got Moxie. You got the 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 original Vault Hunter guy. You got his little his little chests and things to find. You can do this map completionist thing that was never present in the previous Borderlands. They add that as a value point, but then it's completely pointless and stupid to do in your first playthrough because most of the stuff that you're getting is not at your level. What? Yeah, zeros, bounties, all this stuff. I would be clearing every map and absolutely loving my first playthrough. I'd be like, dude, this is awesome. I am clearing every map like it's a freaking Assassin's Creed game, but it's Borderlands instead. And I'm not doing that because I'm I'm basically seeing what everybody is doing. Just yeah, just rush, just rush, just rush through it and get to the second playthrough. Okay. Why would you invalidate your first playthrough on purpose? I don't get that. Uh, Lane Boy, I've been using the Nighthawkins SMG since level 14 and level 28 now. It still shreds through enemies better than you're going to have found. Is the gun scaling off or... Is, is, is the gun scaling off or if I got another one would be better? Oh, if you got another one, it'd be way better. It'd be way better. Exo- uh, legendaries last a long time. It's I, I think... 
I, I'm going to push back a little bit here and say that you're you're probably exaggerating a little bit. I don't think you're shredding 28 level enemies with a 14 Hawkins SMG. It's probably doing an okay job. Um, but if you got a 28 Hawkins, you would be melting. I mean, also, right now, you're level 28, right? And if the enemies are level 28, I bet you if you got out like a purple SMG, um, you'd probably be having similar TTK if it was a strong one. The Hawkins is a little absurd because it does freeze pretty fast, but the le- the quickness of the shred at level 14, it's not, it's, it's, there's no way it's equal to the quickness of the shred right now at 28. Um, I have one. I got one last night. And even when I started getting into some of the areas and they were beefy characters, like those big enforcer guys with the ball on their back, it, it was starting to slow down on some of the tankier guys. I'm, I, it's an amazing weapon, but legendaries are meant to do that. Um, legendaries are meant to leave their level. Like, they're meant to last for about 10, and then they're supposed to slow down after that. You should feel like a natural sort of, like, degradation after about 10 levels. People in chat are saying that, like, Dr. Lupo was destroying in TVHM with a low level 1, so there could be something in the weapon that's, like, broken that maybe they're gonna take a look at. If it's, if it's, if it's literally melting 14 levels, if somebody in chat saying 18 levels, if it's still melting, then they might there might be something going on with it. <laughs> um, and then there's obviously legendaries that aren't very good. <laughs> then there's obviously some legendaries that aren't very good. I would think I would think that if if that's the case, if you're having that kind of an experience, that there's a pretty large potential that the uh, the lo- the gun itself might need addressed. I'm not going to ask for a nerf. I, I've not I've not seen proof. Um, I've not seen proof that it's broken. Um, because it, it, I'm using one now, and I felt like, holy crap, this thing's crazy. But the minute I started going up against like pretty beefy enemies, it wasn't as good. It, it slow. It started to slow down, and I just sort of naturally thought, I was like, oh, well, as I start facing stronger enemies and higher level enemies, this thing's gonna slow down. So I like it. I don't want to call for nerfs. I think the legendaries are awesome. Um, so, and again, within the scaling. Your question is, is is this gun scaling? Oh, you're oh you're asking. I misunderstood the second half of your question. Let me let me put the question back up. He says, is the gun scaling? Or if I got another one, would it be better? The gun is not scaling. I misunderstood how you even phrased your question. I thought you were saying, is this is the gun scaling off or something? Guns don't scale with you, no. If you get a legendary at level 14. It's not going to behave like a level 28 just because you're level 28. You would need another one to drop. It's just a really strong weapon. So I've had plenty of legendaries already, and once I get about six or seven levels away from them, they just start to lose their luster, and a purple... Like, if I have a level 15 legendary, and I'm 22, you know, it's seven levels behind, and I get a purple 22 level 22 item, that purple 22 is probably going to be better than the legendary at 15. Because, like, a purple Jacobs at 22 is going to really start to outshine something that's seven levels below, even if it is a legendary. And, again, the further away you get from that level, the more and more you're going to feel that weapon just slowly degrade and not be nearly as solvent. That's just kind of the way they structure the game. That is precisely why the scaling problem is so significant. Because here's what happens. You are level 20, and you are on mission at 20 and you get some purples and you equip them okay then you get to level 22 
and you're still doing 20 missions like the game's not paced properly or you doing side missions at 20 okay there's nothing at 20 that's going to be as good as the stuff at 22 unless it's a legendary or unless you're just for some reason using all greens or all blues some purples at 20 might be better than your greens you see what I'm saying you're constantly going to be filling your inventory with the best of the best of the best of the best so at 22 if you deck yourself out with 22 gear and it's all purple all those side missions at 18, 19, and 20 they're far behind you the mathematical odds of you getting anything worth looking at are just incredible why? because you've got purples at 22 which means blues and greens and even a lot of the purples all the greens and blues are automatically weaker because they're not as strong because they're not purple and any purples at 18 aren't going to be as good as a 22 purple don't you see you're constantly shrinking the field of, of gear because you're equipping good stuff and they're compounding the problem by feeding you stuff under your level um Ka- Katago Miko says uh no Katago come Mikito, do you think that they should work on the skill trees more with elemental damage or effects? I don't have any specific advice on the skill trees themselves. I don't have any specific advice. I just think there are some that are running away from the others and the others need buffed. AO406. Is it possible they intended the first playthrough to be co-op play because the scaling is on group play but often solo? I play solo and it outpaced all the quests but with my friends who are in a group uh, they play, they just never outpace the content. This isn't true. I play with my wife and we were outpacing the content. That's false. My wife and I played co-op from the very beginning. And when we got to Promethea, we were level 10. The area was like level 11 and 12. And we were bidding, as we were leaving Pandora, we were getting nothing but sevens and eights. Because everything at the end, and I showed that on stream to people. I showed them on my solo playthrough. The main mission when I was leaving Pandora was seven, which means everything in the area is seven. I get to Promethea and they hand me a main mission at 12. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) What the frick? And other weird things happen. I go back to a place. I turn in the main mission at 20. It unlocks a side mission at 19. Wait, what the frick? That's happened numerous times. I turn in the main mission and the main mission is at this level. And then all of a sudden, ding, they're like, hey, all these side missions just opened up in this area. Oh, cool. And they're all beneath the level of the main mission. The main mission was just 20 or 22. And here's a bunch of side missions at like 19. What? It doesn't even make any sense. They force a second playthrough because the highest level of boss can be uh, first is 43, even if you're 50. If you want a 50 boss, you need to do TVHM. It's just them forcing it. Yeah, but I thought Guardian Rank and Anointed Weapons would have been the driver to go into TVHM and the Mayhem modes. That would have been the driver. So, like, if you play through playthrough one on what I call is hard, easy, normal, and hard, they say, hey, if you want to play the game at hard, you can play the game at hard. Everything's scaled to you the whole time. Even if you end the game at 50, your motivation to roll over would be Guardian Rank and Anointed, anointed stuff. I would think... It just kind of feels short-sighted. I don't know. It feels short-sighted. And again, the bummer the bummer that I have is I love this game. They made so many good moves and so many good pivots with the with the guns, with the skill trees, with the action skills, and I feel like they just completely have the first playthrough just gets run over rip shot and it's just unfortunate. I love the game. I'm going to keep playing it, but this is just feedback I'm trying to provide to help the game get better over time with quality of life, with it being more fun in the early game. Um 
and giving people that option would be great especially you got holiday events coming up you got DLC coming up and if, if people want to jump in and try the game is sold hand over fist it's outsold all the previous titles and that's awesome and you wouldn't want a bunch of people to buy this have it to outsell all the old Borderlands and that people's first foray into Borderlands 3 feel like it just isn't it isn't as polished as it should be optimization problems is the number one and then the number two is just the scaling and the pacing just feels way off way off um, I'm <laughs> F and sleep says, do you think that they should shift to a more boss specific legendaries? So the game doesn't keep being who can farm the weakest boss in one hit. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's hard. If it's always specific, then you run into it feeling like it's not a loot explosion. Then you're, yeah, it's a loot explosion, but you're only looking for that one gun to drop from that one boss. I think what they should probably look into doing is um, enemies with larger health pools have better probability of drops or something. So then bosses that get melted really quickly or that die really, really fast. I don't know. You don't want to make people like wait out an enemy. Like, well, if we let this guy stay alive for 10 minutes and run around a circle, we'll get better drops because he's alive longer and that tricks the game's algorithms. You don't want to do that either. Um, it's hard. It's hard. As soon as you make people strong and as soon as there's farming, that's exactly what people do. They're going to go path of least resistance. So, and bosses do have specific legendaries that you can farm for. So I, if you're wanting more of that, I, I, there's already some of that anyway. It's just weird that in guardian rank, a skill max is out at 13% and that you, and at that point, you only get 0.01% each skill point. In Borderlands 2, you could go on forever until you hit like 500%. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why they don't want to do it, because maybe it broke stuff. Evil the Waffler. For the first playthrough, do you think if they slowed down leveling, it would help person uh, personally? I think uh, Quest gave too much XP, which caused us to overlevel. Well, here's the problem, though, Evil. Okay, here's the problem. Let's say somebody just wants to play through the campaign the main missions, and they don't want to do side quests. There are people like that. I think those people are weird, but those people exist. <laughs> okay? I'm not trying to be mean. You're, di- you're In my mind, you're weird. You might think I'm weird. That's fine. We can both be weird together. But, if they want to just play the main mission, and each main mission is giving them enough XP to keep them on pace, what happens to me when I do side missions? Okay, now you might say, well, just have the side missions not give any XP. They're just there for you to do and to get loot, okay? Herein lies the problem. While I'm doing the side mission, I'm still killing ads, I'm still killing mini-bosses, bosses, and, and, and big bosses, which is feeding me XP, which is, inordin- which is inevitably going to make me pace faster than you, so then I'm going to pass the main mission, like, that's what's going to happen. It's unavoidable, even if you give me no XP for turning in a side mission. In fact, I feel like some of the side missions don't give a lot of XP, they just mainly give money, but in any case, I'm still fighting stuff. And that that, that problem always exists. In this area, I'm fighting 10, and this area, I'm fighting level 20 stuff. Either way, all those, all those enemies are feeding me XP because I'm killing them. You're going to over-level with side missions. I'm over-leveling, and I'm not even doing side missions, and sometimes I'm still getting ahead of the main mission. It's still happening. Because, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wandering off the beaten path and killing too many badasses or something. That happened to me a couple... That happened to me yesterday. I was like, holy frick, I'm, I'm, I'm higher than the main mission and I haven't been doing side missions. I haven't been doing any side... I've been avoiding them. You know? So, I, 
that that's what I want to see is that just that option to have the game pace with you because that's just me choosing that as a player. I, that's my choice. Give me the choice. Don't be like, oh, you want the game to pace with you? You got to blaze through play through one or you're surrounded by stuff that doesn't matter to you. What? Extreme Gamer. In your opinion, where is the uh, line between n- buffs and nerfs and certain guns and nerfs and buffs and stupid? Okay, I talked about this earlier. You must not have been here. If it's not broken, then I consider strong stuff to be a ceiling. So, like, right now, in Flak, his green tree, that build, if if Gearbox looks at it and everything is functioning properly and it's not quote-unquote broken, then if that's the ceiling of his efficiency, how strong he can actually be, you need to raise his other potential skill builds to be just as fast, uh, just, just as strong. If, like, the pipe bomb grenade emerges and it's broken and it's it's not functioning properly and it's one-shotting bosses, it's doing more damage than it's designed, well, that needs nerfed. But if there's guns or there's skill trees or there's abilities that get to a certain point of strength and Gearbox determines, no, this is not broken, this is how we designed it, it's functioning properly, and if other things are well below it, then raise those things to match it. All the three skill trees of all the Vault Hunters should be viable late game. I, for people to be like, no, 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 that's not right. No, 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 that is how it's supposed to work. That is how it's supposed to work. There's three skill trees, and they should all be viable late game. That that I don't think that's I don't think that's asking for too much. Uh, Sandus, not sure if this has been asked or discussed before. What's your take on the amount of space we have in our bank vault? In Destiny, we have 500 slots, but here the max is only 50. This has been a big complaint too. This is a quality of life. So remember when I said there needs to be two patches, optimization and then quality of life? I would throw this on the quality of life patch. It sucks. It's not front burner. I think optimization is front burner. That matters more. People are crashing. People are losing saves. People are having frame hitches. Co-op split screen on the consoles is kind of rough. That stuff needs addressed immediately. And then a quality of life patch should be following it up to say, okay, we've streamlined some of this. You know, we've 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 given you more space. We've we've we, you know we've done different things, but glitches and bugs and people losing stuff in their vault, uh, th- that that <laughs> that needs addressed first. So, by the way, um, if you guys aren't familiar with my content, this format that I'm in right now is it's like an interactive podcast. I play the game, I discuss the game, and I have you guys interact with me. I try to talk as much as I possibly can while playing the game as well so it continues that interactivity if you're enjoying your time here be sure to click the follow button Uh, that's the heart button that helps support me I do this in Destiny I'm doing it in Borderlands I just like to interact with the community and this is a really good way to do it we pick a topic we hit the ball back and forth we have some back and forth you can submit questions in the chat Uh, these episodes also hit other other platforms YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, etc and tonight if you love Borderlands tonight uh, Martha Harms, the voice actor from Maya, will be on my Monday night podcast. I do a podcast every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, The Rageous Roundtable. So you're going to want to be here for that. We had uh, Brittany Johnson, who is the the face of Angel. She doesn't voice act Angel. She's the face of Angel. We had her on a couple weeks ago, and then I got to ca- uh, cast Twitch Rivals with her, the Borderlands competition. So, um, yeah. Uh, Milwaukee with nine months. Thank you so much for the nine months. Welcome back. So, if you've enjoyed the content, be sure to click follow. We're going to start pressing on with the Flak playthrough. I want to I get a little bit further in the game if I can. 
Uh, we can keep discussing. Keep say, keep saying stuff in chat. If you think I'm stupid, I'm wrong, you disagree or whatever, put it in chat. I love to have these discussions and debates, but that's plenty of questions. This was meant to be a shorter Q&A and it ended up going a little long. That's actually a good thing, though. <laughs> Where did we end up before I cut it here? Yeah, 38 minutes. We were going for short and we went almost 45 minutes. So, as always, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always come and talk to me live at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.